You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Public on Substack have received documents from a whistleblower who was recruited to participate in the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, or CTIL, through cybersecurity meetings hosted by the Department of Homeland Security. These documents reveal how the U.S. government recruited a web of NGOs and private individuals to do what the government cannot lawfully do, censor and subvert the American people. Led by military contractor Sarah Jane Turp and Pablo Brewer of U.S. Special Operations, a primary objective was to replace words like propaganda and censorship with the term cognitive security in the ethos of the cybersecurity industry. Cognitive security is the thing you want to have. You want to protect um, the that cognitive layer. It basically it's 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 about pollution. Um, so. Misinformation, disinformation is a form of pollution across the internet. It, and just because we're going to get comments about this, my position on this is, is clear, has always been clear. We don't want to remove people's voices. What we're trying to remove is artificial megaphones. They wrote that the third pillar of the information environment should be the cognitive dimension, which is just another way of saying mind control. You're not trying to get people to believe lies most of the time. Most of the time, you're trying to change their belief sets. And in fact, really uh, deeper than that, you're trying to change, to shift their internal narratives slightly, or at least uh, use their internal narratives. Brewer explained how this cognitive social engineering needs to be customized for Americans. Different audiences are going to require different methods of delivery and different messages. And that's because they've got these pre-existing social and uh, and cognitive biases. So um, you certainly if you uh, talk to the average Chinese citizen, uh, they absolutely believe that the Great Firewall of China is not there for censorship. They believe that it's there because the the People's Republic of China and the uh, communist, Chinese Communist Party are want to protect their citizenry, and they absolutely believe that's a good thing. Uh, if the U.S. government tried to sell that narrative, uh, we would absolutely lose our minds and say, no, 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 this is a violation of our First Amendment rights. Um, so the in-group and out-group messaging have to be often different. Another term they used to justify their crimes against the American people is public-private partnership. To work around violating Americans' constitutional rights, private citizens did the dirty work under government supervision. Turp and Brewer openly admit that they are set up as a private NGO to censor American citizens for the U.S. military. I wear two hats, and I mentioned the one hat is is the director of the Donovan Group, which is the, or the military director of the Donovan Group, which is that Future Studies and Think Tank. In my other hat, I'm what they call an innovation officer. I'm one of two innovation officers at Softworks, which is a completely unclassified 501c3 nonprofit that's funded by U.S. Special Operations operations command and that's so that we can get uh after non-traditional problems and non-traditional tactics and work with uh non-traditional partners they targeted people who were protesting the lockdowns and developed the disarm framework which was employed by the world health organization for countering anti-vaccination campaigns they subvert social media companies and they report website domains to registrars 
To influence public opinion, they create fake accounts and infiltrate private groups. They train influencers to spread their messaging, and they pressure banks to cut off people's accounts. For more of this, go to Public on Substack, who will be pressing our elected officials with these documents. Greg Reese reporting. All right, folks, that's the latest from Greg Reese. Sweeping plan for global censorship exposed. We covered that extensively yesterday on The War Room. We'll be getting into quite a bit of interesting things on today's edition of American Journal. We're going to start with the debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. I I guess it's the best of the worst versus the worst of the best. To a a guy who's not running for president debating a guy who's not going to win the presidency. What are we even doing here? I'll tell you what we're doing. Making fun of California. We'll be right back for your Daily Dispatch. Don't go anywhere, folks. It's Friday, December 1st, year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. Very happy to be back with you for this Friday edition. Very exciting to be back, back at home, it feels We have a lot to cover today, lots of videos to show you, lots of stories to cover. We'll be taking your phone calls as well, of course. It's been been fun hosting the war in the last couple days. We've had some pretty good shows. We had a very powerful interview yesterday with Ashton Forbes about MH370, which I've dug even more into since our interview with him. And I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. But I'll actually be going on with Ashton and Alex Jones later today at 1 p.m. So stay tuned for that. Let's begin today, as we do every day, with our Daily Dispatch. All right, folks, here it is, your Daily Dispatch for Friday, the 1st of December. My God, it's December 2023. Our top story, Israel knew Hamas's attack plan more than a year ago. This from the New York Times, Israeli officials obtained Hamas's battle plan for the October 7th terrorist attack more than a year before it happened. Documents, emails and interviews show, but Israeli military and intelligence officials dismissed the plan as aspirational, considering it too difficult for Hamas to carry out. With the approximately 40-page document, which the Israeli authorities codenamed Jericho Wall, outlined point by point exactly the kind of devastating invasion that led to the deaths of about 1,200 people. The translated document, which was reviewed by the New York Times, did not set a date for the attack, but described a methodical assault designed to overwhelm the fortifications around the Gaza Strip, take over Israeli cities, and storm key military bases, including a division headquarters. Hamas followed the blueprint with shocking precision. The document called for a barrage of rockets at the outset of the attack, drones to knock out the security cameras and automated machine guns along the border and gunmen to pour into Israel en masse on paragliders, on motorcycles and on foot, all of which happened on October 7th. The plan also included details about the location and size of Israeli military forces, communication hubs and other sensitive information, raising questions about how Hamas gathered its intelligence and whether there were leaks inside the Israeli security establishment. So obviously this adds just another wrinkle to the 
mystery around October 7th, how it could have possibly been carried out to such a devastating degree when you have the most highly advanced and ubiquitous military intelligence apparatus the world has ever seen inside Israel and specifically around Gaza. But it's just another piece of evidence that Israel knew more than it seemed at the time, because not only did they have this attack plan for a year before, but Egyptian intelligence knew it was coming. American intelligence knew it was coming. Israeli intelligence also had forewarning just before the attack. But I've been saying since the beginning, I think it's been a combination of willingness to allow this to happen, to have the excuse to carry out the long-desired ethnic cleansing of Gaza. But also that combined with, frankly and simply put, arrogance of the Israelis who, despite having a fully detailed plan of attack with clearly thought out and achievable objectives, thought there's no way they could do this. There's no way they could pull this off. Why? This doesn't seem that complicated. Take out the AI surveillance positions, knock a hole in a wall, go through it. What's so complicated about that? Well, I guess when you think of your enemies as human animals that, you know, can hardly speak or read, then you don't think they can pull off something like that. And then they do. And then you get to do again what you wanted to do anyway, which is to ethnically cleanse Gaza and uh, take it into the wider Israeli state. Also in Israel, Israel and Hamas resume fighting after ceasefire expires. Airstrikes reported across Gaza and southern Israel as international mediators work to renew truce. Israel and Hamas have resumed fighting, ending a week-long truce in Gaza that international mediators had hoped to extend to an eighth day. Quote, Hamas violated the operational pause and, in addition, fired towards Israeli territory, the Israeli Defense Force said in a statement following warning sirens near Gaza. The IDF has resumed combat against the Hamas terrorist organization in the Gaza Strip. The resumption of hostilities on Friday shattered a fragile truce between the warring sides that allowed for the release of about 100 Israeli women and children and foreigners held hostage by Hamas and other Palestinian militant groups in exchange for about 240 Palestinian women and children freed from Israeli jails. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office on Friday accused Hamas of failing to meet its commitment to release all the kidnapped women. The Israeli military said it was, quote, currently striking Hamas terror targets inside the Strip. Air raids and artillery strikes immediately reported in Gaza after the truce broke down. We'll talk a little bit more about this moving forward where this goes. Again, we are not anywhere near the end of this conflict. In fact, some reports show that Israel is planning a years-long campaign against Gaza that's only just now kicking off. And again, I think we are in an incredibly dangerous crossroads here. And as you may know, the military and civilian intelligence agency leadership of Israel and uh, America met earlier this week to plot the continuation of hostilities. Meanwhile, <laughs> Senator Rand Paul uses Heimlich maneuver to save fellow senator choking on lunch. Senator Rand Paul on Thursday used the Heimlich maneuver to save a fellow senator who choked on some food at a Senate lunch. Rand Paul, a physician, performed the Heimlich maneuver on Senator John Erst, Ernst of Iowa, Johnny, uh, Joni Ernst. Joni Ernst thanked Dr. Ron, uh, Rand Paul and cracked a joke about woke Democrats. Can't help but choke on the woke policies Dems are forcing down our throats. Thanks, Dr. Rand Paul. Which is nice. No, that's good. I'm glad. 
I'm glad he saved her. He went from getting his ribs cracked to cracking ribs. Oh, look, at he's a hero, a hero and a victim. Look, what do you call it when a senator chokes? A freebie. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. Kidding about that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that politician survived. <clears throat> I don't even know who this person is. Ernst. Who knows? I just think, you know, frankly, it's shocking that our D.C. politicians are capable of doing things like eating food. You would think the complicated process of mastication would be beyond their kin, but sometimes, uh, sometimes they trip up. Sometimes, sometimes simple bodily functions are too much even for the simplified brains of our politicians. Uh, Meanwhile, we have this. Five takeaways from the fiery DeSantis-Newsom debate on Fox. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom went head-to-head in a Fox News debate on Thursday as the governors, one a current presidential contender and the other seen as a future White House prospect, clashed over their records and policy. It was hysterical nonsense. We'll show you some clips on the other side. But like I said, it's two guys who... It's one guy who's pretending not to run for president versus a guy who's pretending to have a chance at the presidency. It was the best of the worst versus the worst of the best. And we'll talk about it on the other side. It was embarrassing of DeSantis because how do you debate the governor of California, the most collapsed and devastated state in our union, and not have just a resounding victory? Instead, it was like a bit of a stalemate. A bit of a tit for tat. Nobody really won, uh, least of all the American people. But in terms of why they would even do this debate, it makes sense for DeSantis because what do you do when your candidate and his entire candidacy has just been a litany of embarrassing failures where you're constantly getting roasted by Trump supporters? Well, you debate the one guy that Trump supporters actually fear in a political sense knowing that Gavin Newsom, Californian psycho, psycho Newsom, uh, combines those, those golden attributes of uh, being an idiotic socialist panderer and uh, a fairly good-looking white guy with a family. I mean, that's a devastating combination. So it makes sense why Ron DeSantis would want to do this. Just to, if nothing else, just to give the um, Trump supporters to stop horrifically bashing him for an evening. It didn't work. We'll show you that on the other side. Finally, George Santos faces House expulsion vote a year of mounting after, uh, a, of a year of mounting allegations. Good riddance. This guy's annoying. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening. 
today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal. Well, DeSantis and Newsom went head to head yesterday. Who lost? the American people. Who won? We did. We get to make fun of the whole dang thing. Poop maps, lifts in shoes, just ridiculous lies across the board. Really just incredible stuff. Not credible stuff. I think the best thing to come out of this is clip number 17. This was posted by Trump on Truth Social, which... It's crazy. It's crazy. Trump still is posting things on Truth Social. Does he know he has a Twitter account? His Twitter account's been back for like a year at this point. Why isn't he dominating Twitter? It's an odd strategic choice. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the uh, compelling and awesome candidate. I'm supposed to be talking about these other guys. Sorry. Uh, Trump posted this video in response to last night's debate between Newsom and uh, DeSantis. And again, I think this is a a more valuable clip than just about anything else you'll hear. Let's watch. All right. Welcome back to debates that nobody really gives a shit about. I'm your host, Sean Hannity. And tonight we have the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Let's begin. Have you ever betrayed the greatest president to ever live on President Donald J. Trump? No. Uh, what kind of question is that? What the hell? Very simple question, but let's try the next one. Are you a short, insecure little man that likes to wear lifts inside your cowboy boots? Yes or no answer, please. Nope. You know what? My wife bought me those lifts, and I happen to like them. Okay. He's even using a stepping stool. I can see it from over here. Governor, we clearly said no step stools. You either get off of it or you're leaving this stage right now. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty funny. Good stuff. 
All right, let's, I guess we'll talk about what they actually said, what they actually talked about, and the nonsense they actually spread last night. Some, And again, you know, I get why DeSantis did this. I get why you would want to at least momentarily have the Republican Party on your side. I mean the American people on your side, the American Republican people. He's, ha- he's got the Republican Party firmly on his side. He's their agent, after all. But after one of the most embarrassing and failed presidential campaigns ever that just continues to fail, it's like every time you think it's reached bottom, it just keeps going. Ron Sanders was desperate for at least one evening where his fellow Republicans were mocking Gavin Newsom rather than him. And it should have been home run after home run. I mean, California, just the word California. I guess before it would summon pictures of like girls in bikinis and guys on surfboards and boardwalks and eating burritos and like working out, you know, in the sun. Now you hear the word California and you just picture Skid Row You just picture fire, like wildfires and shoplifting and poop on the streets. This should have been the easiest victory. Well, the first and easiest victory the DeSantis campaign ever had. But whether he even won or not, nobody can really decide. People seeing this from uh, from different angles. And he did. He went after Newsom about appropriate things, just not in an appropriate or satisfactory way. But we'll start off with the the best of the best from old DeSantis. Clip number three, this was posted with the title, DeSantis just ended Newsom's political ambitions with this. We'll see about that. Clip three. But let me just say something about parents' rights, because he says California respects parents' rights. This is rich. He's been telling a lot of whoppers tonight. This may be the biggest. In California, if you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, your minor child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent and get hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation, all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that honoring parents' rights when you're bringing people from out of state to go around their parents' backs and getting life-altering surgeries? That is radical. That is extreme. That is an assault on parents' rights. You know what, Ron? It's not for you to decide. It's for the parents to decide. And the parents do not want their kids going to... Yeah, he's right. I mean, you know, good point there, Ron. It, th- that is true. I guess I just, it, to me, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. He's just the word. I don't know. He's just not a good spokesperson for this. Ron DeSantis thrives when he's winning. And he wins a lot. We'll give him credit. And when he can go up and just go, we did this and we did this, it's good. But when he tries to get angry, when he's, you know, talking like this, his voice gets higher pitched, the angrier he gets. He doesn't have any force of character. He can't rally the troops. Exactly. Yeah, he can't rally the troops. Uh, He's no Donald Trump. Let's just say that. I mean, the words he uses. Oh, California likes uh, parents' rights. This is rich. 
This guy says so many whoppers, and it's like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) They're taking children away from their parents to castrate them. If your child escapes to California, they will put them in the care of a LBGT adult who will guide their transition into sterility. I mean, there are so many ways to discuss this, saying this is rich and that's a whopper. It's it's not sufficient. It's not enough. It's not intense enough to express what's actually going on here. And, of course, Gavin Newsom says the only thing he can. These kids are just trying to live. They're just trying to live. There's a way to approach these things. There's a way to talk about these things that takes it out of the framework that the leftists have put things in. Even the, uh, even the, like, uh, way this is framed as as honoring parents' rights. I don't know. It's it's not about honoring. It is about honoring parents' rights, but. It's about stealing children from people. That's the thing. It's like, we want to honor parents' rights. No, we want the state not to kidnap and castrate your children. There's just a way to talk about this with the intensity that these topics deserve. Ron DeSantis, just, he just ain't got it. He just doesn't have it. And again, it's sad because everything, everything when it comes to California is on the wrong track. And... DeSantis should be just bashing Newsom over the head with these facts, with the absolute drain of population, with the absolute collapse of social order and safety. I mean, Gavin Newsom just had to activate the California Highway Patrol to be guards outside of stores as in a, in a desperate attempt to mitigate the shoplifting and stop the wholesale uh, exodus from California, of every retail store they have there. I mean, you're up there saying saying that he's telling whoppers. This guy's telling whoppers. Uh, this is rich. It's like, my God. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take us for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at infowarsstore.com. X2. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Just talking about DeSantis versus Newsom. Not that it has any particular importance in terms of the political landscape. 
Biden was decided by this, is what I mean. And it is interesting that DeSantis went up against Newsom. I guess it was just like a private agreement thing. I guess it's what it had to be because it's not like this is the front runner of the Republicans debating the front runner of the Democrats. It's the third, perhaps fourth place Republican debating the worst governor in America who is apparently not running for president, although he certainly is positioning himself as if he is. So let's just keep going to some of these clips and reviewing them, discussing them, and yes, mocking them. Let's go to clip number four now. DeSantis somehow loses an argument about Bidenomics. Let's watch. Ryan, let me just, just I, like, I do, I do have a follow-up question. Ron, I'm happy that you continue to talk. Let's talk a little bit about Bidenomics, because I'm happy to take that on right now as well. And I think it's You're a fair a big point. You're a supporter of it. That's, I, I appreciate you acknowledging 14 that. 14 million jobs, 10 times more than the last three Republican presidents combined. Because he had 815,000 manufacturing the, the, the jobs. Were because of the COVID Are you kidding 3.9% unemployment. As he continues to talk over me, I'll talk to the American people. 3.9% unemployment, the lowest black unemployment in American history, the lowest unemployment for Hispanics in America. American history, the lowest unemployment for women in 70 years, the lowest black poverty rates in history. That's this administration's agenda. And by the way, as you smile and smirk over there, you should know this, the American people. Here's a guy who celebrated Bidenomics just this week, celebrating $28 million that came into your state because of the Chips and Science Act, one of the most significant economic plans since FDR. I'm proud of the work Biden and Harris have done. Would you like to respond? And You know, I don't know how you don't know what Democrats are going to say and just say it before they can. Uh, it seems so easy to me. I mean, you're doing your, your debate prep and you go, all right, on the topic of the economy, what are they going to say? Well, let's see. The Democrats say the same thing every time they're asked. They repeat the same talking points as the Biden White House every single time they're open their mouths. I mean, these people follow a script like robots. So how do you not come out? Just first and foremost, going, we talk about Bidenomics. He's going to bring up the number of jobs created. Everybody knows that those jobs weren't created out of whole cloth. They were the same jobs that were eliminated during COVID that were simply allowed to return. That's not job creation. That's something else entirely. That's relaxing job destruction. You know, how do you not presuppose what these people are going to say? How do you not anticipate their talking points when they're the same talking points that they all use and have all used for the last several months. I mean, the term Bidenomics, the thing you do is you use the term Bidenomics to describe the dire straits the average American is in. We've covered it over and over from TikTok videos of like registered nurses who work six days a week crying because they can't afford to buy their kids new shoes. Like the the American people are suffering and struggling from the economic situation. And so you point out to everybody watching, are you doing better? Are, are you feeling really good about the economy right now? The latest story from CBS News, not from some right wing whatever. I mean – The mainstream media's stance now is that the average American, not household, average American is spending $11,000 or more a year on basic necessities, $11,000. 
Previously, the number, which was already shocking, was that the average American was spending $700 a month more. This is significantly more than $700. It's nearly $1,000 a month on basic necessities. It's an invisible tax. It's, it's the diminution of the value of your very money. It doesn't matter how big did, – did everybody here get a $12,000 raise this year? No? Well, then you lost $12,000. I mean how you don't win on Bidenomics is, is again, just, just embarrassing, just absolutely embarrassing. And I know, I know there, there's like different ways of looking at this. There's like the logical, intelligent, smart way of looking at it where you see through the claims of job creation – because you know exactly – like you remember three years ago, you actually have a memory that extends beyond the last TikTok video you watched and you know that the economy was purposefully crushed, destroyed, eliminated. It was illegal to go to work. Like everybody knows this. Everybody remembers this. And then they just – they lifted those restrictions the minute Biden got into office. I mean how does that not piss people off? Right. So everybody knows this. One way of looking at it is the clear eyed, informed, long view way of looking at it. Then there's the way that the average American audience member looks at it, which is, well, he created 14 million jobs. That's twice as much as every Republican president combined. It's receive talking point, regurgitate talking point. So you have to anticipate and cut off their chance to deploy the talking points. Ron Sanders doesn't do that at all even a little bit. I don't know. It's just DeSantis is just not, he's just not the guy. He's just not the guy. He did have a, a, a bit of a victory here, which was basically handed to him on a golden platter. Clip number 14. This is Ron DeSantis talking about a person he knows that moved from California to Florida because Florida is better governed. Let's watch. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And and why are we why are we getting people to come? We have a 50 year low in the crime rate. You don't see in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement because we don't get that support in the state of California. So people understand quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right. And I can tell you the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more people moving to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving California than are moving into California. So that was pretty good. You know, it was like pretty good. It was like, all right. I was like, yeah, it was was not bad. It's not good, but it wasn't bad. And again, I just, you know, the seriousness of all of these topics, like the fact that California is maybe the most blessed place in the world in terms of natural beauty and resources in the world. I mean, it's hard to come up with a place that is better situated for the prosperity and enjoyment of whoever lives there. And it's just been gutted and destroyed. But again, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the punch. I mean, how would, 
how would Trump have delivered that message? You know, he would have just said, like, people, people are leaving California. They're coming to Florida. They hate it there. It's dirty. It's gross. They're scared. Crime, terrible. They come to Florida. They're happy. Sunshine. Fun. And whatever Gavin Newsom says, uh, well, there's a lot of people. It's like, well, what about your dad? What about your dad, Gavin? <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> oh, you mean like your dad? Like, you, boom, you end it with that. That's got to be the, the explosive thing at the end, not like a, a middling line in the middle, the way that uh, old DeSantis did it there. Which, again, I don't really care. I like DeSantis as a governor. I always have. But he's, he's allowed his political ambitions to, oddly enough, destroy his political viability. I guess that's what, it's like, that's what happens when you value your own aggrandizement and, and ambition to the highest office over what's best for the country. But that's where I'm coming from is what's best for this country. And when you have an event like this that are going to have eyes on it, that is going to be some sort of media event, and you fail to treat it with the appropriate sincerity and intenseness and just fail, you're failing all of America because we don't have much time and we can't just, you know, pussyfoot around what's going on. Cyber Week 2023, the biggest sale of the year is now live. Store ride free shipping on any order, double Patriot points, that's 10% off your next order, and up to 60% off on best-selling products. And X2 sold out for more than a year. That is the game-changing element in your body that counters the fluoride, everything. Nobody else has got it. Limited supply, X2 is discounted in fullwarstore.com. And we've got sales right here as much as 60% off at InfoWarsTore.com. We've got Brain Force Plus, the incredible nootropic, 60% off. Brain Force Ultra, fast acting, 60% off. Real Red Pill Plus, green fiber capsules, down out sleep support, 50% off. Vaso Beats, finally back in stock, 40% off. Bodies about to sell out, 40% off. The list goes on and on. And get a copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists and Launch the Next Great Renaissance, all at InfoWarsStore.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. We're going to show a few more clips here of uh, Newsom and, and DeSantis, and we'll move on to some other news. It's beginning but I was just thinking about it, and it's a it's sort of a crummy situation DeSantis is in because... Obviously, Donald Trump changed the entire political game, the entire political landscape. Like, no debate looks 
like they looked before Trump entered and, and just shattered the paradigm. And Ron DeSantis is, has to try to thread the line between being Trumpian in that aspect, keeping up with the times and, and you know, treating political debates as the all-out brawl that they've become and trying to differentiate himself from Trump by being the respectable old school, like being a, a point of nostalgia for the boomers of like, ah, yes, a statesman. So he's kind of he kind of loses either. It's kind of a lose lose situation for DeSantis because he doesn't have the Trumpian energy. And when he tries to take the more politic stance, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work at all. So I say you got it's a lose lose situation, but you also have nothing to lose. You're not going to be the presidential nominee. You're not going to win against Trump. You're not even winning against Vivek Ramaswamy. Or even Nikki Haley, according to some polls. So why not just come out swinging? Why not just come out saying the most ridiculous, outrageous things to Gavin Newsom? Get headlines, make some points, keep Gavin Newsom smiling like a psychopath, grinning wider and wider as his you know, points are, are destroyed piece by piece. But instead he tries to take this like, listen, you know, I was walking through San Francisco and cops came up to me and said, thank you, sir, for supporting us because our government doesn't. And that hit me here. And it's like, ugh, ugh. come out and say your city's covered in poop. Your city is covered in poop. Why is it covered in poop, Gavin? They're like the, the homeless thing. That's an amazing point that Florida's homeless population has dropped 45 percent. That's massive. That's totally huge. It doesn't come across like that, though. I point out to everybody, as everybody knows by this point, Gavin Newsom, every 10 years, makes a pledge to eradicate homelessness, and 10 years later, it's exploded by like 900%. So just put that to him. Just go, hey, you know, here's a quote from you in 2005 saying we will eradicate homelessness in California in five years. Well, it's been 18. How's that going for you, Gavin? How's your plan working out? People trusted you with your plan. Did they get what they what you promised them? Did you fulfill your what's the homeless situation now, Gavin? Tell me. Put it on him. Put him on the back foot. Instead, it's just these like talking points that are delivered in sort of a flaccid way. I don't know, man. It's just it's pathetic because the, the California syndrome is what's destroying this country from the inside. This rot, this failure, this locust style destruction where they just take a good thing like California, destroy it completely with their selfishness and their division, and then move on to the next place. That's what I would tell him if I was Ron DeSantis talking about the population exchange. I'd be like, Gavin, for the sake of Florida, you got to fix California. We can't handle all these people. We can't handle them. There's too many people coming from California. You need to fix your state so people don't have to run away. I mean, just... I don't know, man. It's like the number of things you can point to California as just embarrassingly failing on. It's innumerable. Why not point these things out and contrast it with the incredible wealth and manufacturing and and production that they inherited? You didn't build any of that, right? Compare Gavin Newsom to, 
you know, some rich kid that inherited $10 million has spent half of it and still walks around bragging about being a millionaire. It's like, yeah, you inherited a really, you know, a lot of really great stuff. You've done nothing with it. You have destroyed and squandered that wealth and you're still walking around like you're the king of Timbuktu. It's embarrassing. You've got to, you've got to frame people's image of Gavin Newsom because he's got a good image. Because he looks like he knows what's going on. He's got a very polished, you know, appearance. If he's not falling down the stairs or tackling Chinese children, it's, you know, other than that. <laughs> and again, it's not that that should matter. It's not that that's how you choose. It's not that that's how you should choose a presidential candidate, but that is how you choose a presidential candidate. It's image management that should be what Ron DeSantis is doing. Instead, he's doing the old Republican thing of, uh, here's some stats. Here's some stats I have for you. It doesn't compel anybody, and it has to be confronted, and we have to change our tactics because if we keep losing because of this, then America loses. You've got to win for the sake of America. Let's go now to – I guess we'll, we'll finish up with uh, the follow-up to the last clip we played. Clip 15 is Gavin Newsom, for some reason, very bizarrely – Questioning the stat that DeSantis just put out of more people moving from California to Florida than Florida to California. This is undeniable. For some reason, Gavin Newsom thinks that this isn't true. Very strange. Let's watch. Didn't it did not question. Ad- it, it I mean, didn't I address think- the issue. Can you explain this migration out of California and going to red states? Well, hold on. You, you mean the, the, the last two years, more Floridians going to California than Californians going to Florida? No, I, I put <laughs> up on, I put up on just, the By the way, that's going to be fun to fact check. So we'll just start right there. California has no peers. Uh, California dominates. Size of 21 state populations combined. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. We dominate. Number one manufacturing state. We dominate. So, you know, obviously, to anybody that's watching this with, with a clear vision of what's going on, that was the loss from Newsom. But again, this is what they do, right? Hit them with something that hurts and they pivot to something else. And I'd be very surprised if uh, DeSantis didn't follow that tangent. But like I just said, I mean, you got to compare Newsom to like some rich kid that's bragging about how many cars he has when his dad bought all of them. You know, it's like you didn't you achieved none of that. None of that is because of you. None of that's because of your policies. Frankly, it's a testament to how powerful California is that they remain so powerful and rich despite all of your policies, your endless contrivances to eradicate wealth and safety and comfort of your citizens. And, you know, I guess I guess this is the post fact world. It is beyond doubt that more people have moved from California to Florida than from Florida to California. That's not debatable. That'll be fun to fact check. Why would that be fun for you to fact check? You're wrong. You're completely and utterly and devastatingly wrong about this. The actual numbers are this for the last two years. In 2022, 50,000 people moved from California to Florida, while 28,000 people moved in the opposite direction. In 2021, 37,000 people moved from California to Florida, while only 24,000 moved from Florida to California. And the same things happened in uh, New York to a massive degree. But basically, Florida gained around 22,000 residents in the comparison. But that's just Florida. 
When it comes to the rest of the country, in 2022, hundreds of thousands of people moved to Florida, Texas, North Carolina, and other southern and western states. But some states, including California and New York, lost residents. About 319,000 people moved into Florida. California lost 343,000, leaving the state for other regions. So this is undeniable. The facts are on DeSantis' side here, which makes his failure to make the case that much more embarrassing. He did talk about the poop in San Francisco. Let's go to uh, clip 16 here, where he brought up a map of San Francisco and the human feces that are found on the streets there. This is, this is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own. Just- yeah, that's a pretty good point. Not bad, not really bad. Again, maybe not as, as impactful as it should have been. But that's, that's, the, that's the sad thing about it, is that, I mean, it's like, what a dream. What a dream of a debate. To go into a debate with a guy who runs a state whose primary fame at this point is being literally covered in human feces. And you don't just, like, dominate. You don't just devastate him. Instead, you come out like, yeah, he did pretty well. This is the fate of America. And soon we will all be covered in poop. If we don't get this thing straightened out. How many things? I mean, how many? Oh, God. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new, faster-absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of American Journal is on. A lot of other stuff to get into today. We'll continue with American politics here momentarily. We mentioned this at the end of the Daily Dispatch. I'm glad this is happening just because of a personal anecdote of mine story is this from wall street journal 
George Santos faces House expulsion vote after a year of mounting allegations. The House is set to vote on Friday on whether to expel embattled Representative George Santos over allegations in the New York Republican uh, that the New York Republican stole money from his own campaign and committed other misdeeds what could, in what would be only the third expulsion from the chamber since the Civil War. The results remained unpredictable. Two-thirds House supermajority is required to remove a member, meaning that 290 votes would be needed to oust Santos if all 435 House members vote. Most Democrats are expected to back expulsion, leaving Santos's hopes in the hands of his GOP colleagues. While many Republicans support the move to remove uh, Santos, some, including Speaker Mike Johnson, have expressed reservations about expelling him before his criminal case has been resolved. But I was talking to... Uh, family member and basically George, the, the George Santos saga basically convinced them to not be Republicans anymore because they, you know, they aren't info wars. They aren't embroiled in this conflict all the time and, and seeking out the details, mainstream media consumers, you could basically say. And to them and to a lot of people, to me too, George Santos's just lies and stupidness, it just is – it destroys the one remaining shred of credibility that the Republicans have left that they don't tolerate this kind of deception and manipulation. Everybody knows Democrats are liars, and yet if you ask a lot of like boomer Republicans about why they support Republicans – They'll probably just say, like, well, the Democrats are just full of it. They're just full of crap. They're just liars. So here you let this person who's been shown to be a liar over and over again sort of get away with it. And it sort of removes the one thing you had going for you, which is that you're not a bunch of liars. Well, now you got a big liar in your midst. So, again, I don't agree with it necessarily because – and there's two ways of thinking about this. The other way of thinking about it is like, well, the Democrats succeed because they stand up for one another. Even when the other side, you know, even when their their colleagues are full of crap and being horrible, they stick together because they know that they have to stick together to win and they just care about winning and achieving things politically. And that's what we should do. So I get why you would want to just keep George Santos on as just a screw you to the Democrats like. But I think it's destroying credibility, and I think ousting him will have more positive benefits than negative. If nothing else, to differentiate – like that's how Republicans should be treating this. They should be going, look, this is what we do. We're Republicans. We actually care about the truth. We actually care about having good people on our side. We actually care about – we care first and foremost about the quality and the character of our representatives, not what's most politically expedient. So if you just, if you want people that'll lie and cheat and steal, you go to the Democrats. If you want people that are respectable and will stand up for values, come to the Republicans and letting George Santos, who just, I mean, it's not just the, it's not just the lies about his identity and his accomplishments and his education. He's then taken money. And apparently the, the story is he spent like $400,000 on internet hookers. Like, Get this guy out. Just he's a distraction. He's a menace. He's a, a pimple on the face of the Republican Party. Just he can go away now. He can go away. Really, he should resign. I would have respect for him if he was like, ah, I tried a con and I got caught. 
See ya. But now he's going to write a book. He's going to try to fight it. It's just like, you know, the fate of the world, the fate of our country, the fate of humanity, liberty itself is at stake. Can we not get tied up in personal squabbles about your own ego? For the sake of the country, please. Can we, can we do that for once, please? For the love of God. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I guess since we're talking politics, maybe we can get down to the foundation of the matter here. We talked extensively yesterday on The War Room about the YouTube files. That story's on InfoWars, published yesterday by Ben Warren. YouTube files, Biden White House dictated censorship demands under, quote, misinformation canard. Internal documents from Google, which owns YouTube, reveal that the Biden White House pressured the company to censor Americans spreading alleged misinformation related to COVID-19 and vaccinations, according to the House Judiciary Chairman Representative Jim Jordan, who's holding a live hearing on social media censorship today. The revelation comes nearly one year after Elon Musk released the Twitter files via several journalists, which showed that the DOJ and White House had effectively captured Twitter, which frequently censored upon request. Then the Facebook files emerged, showing similar top-down Big Brother censorship which led Facebook to change internal policies due to pressure from the Biden administration. And now YouTube, the document acquired through a source close to the House Judiciary Committee, revealed that the Biden White House sought to quash vaccine skeptics. And it was more than that. And this is a bigger deal than those others, in my opinion, because not only is YouTube like the primary video platform for the world, and it's where a lot of the world gets its information, uh, less so now because of TikTok, but still completely massive. But also, if they're willing to do it for YouTube, are they willing to do it for Gmail? Are they willing to do it for Google Drive? Are they willing to do it for any number of services that they provide to millions upon millions upon millions of Americans? We've seen examples where Google has removed documents and videos from people's Google Drives. You put something in a Google Drive thinking it's safe there. Google is looking at it and removing it because they don't want you to have it or don't think you should have it. What about the phones? What about the information on your Google phone or your Google Wi-Fi? Google Wi-Fi is everywhere now. Are they going to capitulate to censorship demands about the infrastructure of the Internet, especially now that the FCC has allowed the Biden administration to claim dictatorial ownership over the internet infrastructure itself. I mean, this is huge and hugely damaging and hugely dangerous and sort of beyond censorship because that's to do with a violation of a number of rights. And I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but the idea that the rights enumerated in the bill of rights, the first 10 amendments to the constitution are not a game mechanic that you're supposed to try to get around. That's the way the Democrats see it. The Democrats see the Bill of Rights as like a, a puzzle that if you solve it, you get to violate it. If you get to redefine a word here or there, suddenly you get to take everybody's guns and silence everybody. If you take it for its most literal interpretation, you can get away with a lot of seeming, you know, uh, not perfectly technical violations of it. I think that's a, a major misunderstanding a lot of 
people have and has really been sort of purposefully put into people's minds. You know, you can think about the Second Amendment. People go, well, if it only applies to muskets, then I'm for it. But it doesn't apply to weapons of war. Of course, it, of course it applies to weapons of war. See, that's the difference between maybe what it says in its text, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the safety of the state, into what it really means at a principle level, which is the American people get to arm and defend themselves. They do not need to be helpless victims, even against their own government. It means you have a right and a human dignity that is guaranteed by your ability to have appropriate and adequate weaponry for the modern world. That's what it means. That's what it really means. You can go in and and pick it apart word by word, but why would you do that? Why would you do that? So when it comes to the first amendment, talked about it a million times, the idea of, you know, freedom of the press and the press being simply a placeholder word, the intention behind that is to say the technology to spread ideas, the technology necessary to take an idea from your, the spoken word to people around you to infinite numbers of people all over the world. That's what the press is, is the ability to do that. So in the modern world, just like ARs are the modern muskets, the internet is the modern press. It's a modern printing press. So that's what needs to be protected. That's what needs to be enshrined, has been enshrined in a principled way, not in a way that is like a, just a legal barrier, an obstacle for you to try to get around somehow. And that's how the Democrats treat it because they're weaselly little lawyers. I think this is especially important in differentiating what the principles of the two sides of the political divide are because it's been, it's been thrown so utterly and completely out of whack by, uh, by this point, by the domination of the left of the, uh, by the left of the media landscape and the education system and so much more over the last several decades that people can say the most embarrassingly off target lies about the intentions or the purpose of uh, Republican legislation or, or beliefs, and people believe it. So I want to go to a video, and this is actually from a few days ago. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but it's the Chicago mayor, Mayor Johnson's migrant housing plan. He gives a speech in which he does the only thing that Democrats know how to do, which is take perfectly reasonable, logical loving, beneficial policies that would benefit everybody from the Republicans and discredit it on the basis of an assumed and, in fact, completely imagined undercurrent of racism or weird baseless hatred of the Republican Party. It's pure, pure projection, and it would be easy just to laugh this off if this wasn't the mayor of the third largest city in America, an incredibly powerful person who is the chief executive of millions and millions of people. And it just goes to show how, what, what dire straits America is in, that people saying things like this aren't 
laughed off the stage and out of office. That's the fact. This is where we are. We have to treat it with the seriousness it deserves. Let's go now to clip number seven. This is Mayor Brandon Johnson blaming the city migrant crisis on the far right January 6th and the civil war of all things. Let's watch. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this that particular party has been about. Right? This is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. And so, so I got you. I got you. I just want I, I don't even know. You know, like, what do you even say to that? What do you even – how do you argue with somebody – who lives in a total fantasy world, what is he even talking about? Refuse to accept the results of the Civil War? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Honestly, I just, I don't even know a nearly 200-year-old conflict. What? But people, you know, they buy this crap. They believe this crap. It's because these ideas have been ingrained in people for so long. This was posted from uh, I slash O on Twitter. It's a, f- a frame of a, it's a slide from a college lesson. This is how they describe left and right. The left is rational, egalitarian, international, and progressive. The right is irrational and racist. And this is what people grow up learning. A lot of people have asked me, why is InfoWars store? at InfoWars Life, not at a probiotic for more than three years. The answer is simple. We only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices. We had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. 
And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This Friday edition of The American Journal. It becomes obvious what dire straits we're in when you look at the at the principles underlying so many of our laws and and the intention of legislation that sort of thing. And the way people are led to believe things that are so demonstrably untrue. Or just ridiculous in the offing. Which is why I always try to differentiate the deception and lies and true intention of the people at the top from the average person that's falling for these lies. Which is not what the left does. So what the left does, what you just saw Mayor Johnson do of Chicago, is claim a moral superiority a moral superiority over everyone on the right saying that the right has basically an unclean spirit. It's like evil because any criticism that the left gets isn't legitimate criticism. It it can't possibly be because of the evidence of the outcome of their policies. It must be rooted in some imagined intangible secret desire to relitigate the civil war or something. You know, we criticize Democrat policies everywhere because they're bad. And this guy comes out and says, uh, Republicans, how did, how exactly did he phrase it? He says their whole motivation is sowing chaos, particularly in cities that have, people of color running them as if Chicago is some beacon of freedom and cleanliness and safety and Republicans are just mad that a black guy is mayor. And so we're like trying to undermine it because we can't have a black guy run a good city. No, your city is in chaos. Your city is collapsing. Your city is instituting the most ridiculous policies the world has ever seen such as police have to radio in and get permission before they chase a criminal that's running away from them which has resulted in some of the highest crime rates gun rates death rates that the world has ever seen let alone america and so they're just they're so far off the mark and i get why they're doing it because all they have is to try to undermine the motivation behind Republicans because the points Republican makings are in fact valid. They can't actually argue on the points of logic and reasonability and effectiveness and outcome, 
So they have to undermine the statements by ascribing to it some imagined racism as if our desire to have Chicago once known as like the the shining city on the hill, one of the greatest cities in the history of the world that's now a rat's nest of crime and psychopathy, as if our desire to return it to its former glory is about avenging Nathan Bedford Force. Like, what is he even talking about? It's complete, utter madness, stupidity. He brings up Obama not being an American citizen. I, I just, just and was he? Oh, by the way, I should probably lay out. Was he? Was he even talking about? He's talking about the fact that Chicago, as a sanctuary city, having voted for open borders, having voted for a Democrat president who has completely invaded our country with foreign elements and is now bussing them into your home and your neighborhood, and it's causing a lot of problems in Chicago from his own constituents. And it's to such a degree now that they can't even handle it with city facilities, and they've drafted churches in the area to serve as the makeshift colonies while they build literal colonies for the migrants who are now displacing and taking benefits and jobs and property and space away from the people that were born there and grew up there or whose families have been there for generation upon generation. Nobody's happy about this. So his response, uh, well, if you're against this, you must think Obama is a Kenyan. What? So again, it's like this would never work in a society that was intelligent. It would just never work with a population that was informed and thoughtful and conscientious. It requires stupidity. It requires emotionality and, and being able to manipulate people on a sub-logical level. And so I point to this, which is, this is what people are learning. And I remember even when I, when I was in high school, I went to a high school that was, half of my classes were community college classes. So I was in Houston Community College. And I would have to like get in arguments with college students. I'm like a junior in high school. This guy's like 35 and like going back for his degree. And they literally are like, You know, if you were to ask them, what's the difference between Republicans and Democrats? They're like, oh, well, Democrats love everyone and they want everyone to be happy and safe and and good. And Republicans are bad and evil and they love oil companies and they hate the environment. It's like that's actually what they believe. That's actually what a huge number of Americans are stupid enough to believe. I understand that the liberal policies ruin everything, except for the people at the very top who are cynically manipulating everybody else. I don't believe that the Democrats, the average Democrat on the street, like loves having poop on their sidewalk. They don't, obviously. That's the outcome of their policies because their policies are bad and dumb and wrong. But I'm smart and thoughtful and empathetic enough to understand that the people voting for these policies are doing it thinking the policies are good. The outcome is just bad. These people tell you that Republicans want the bad outcome. And so if you are with the Republicans, you must be evil. I mean, it's so simplistic. And and here's the, again, college, this is a post from a college course. And this is what people are being taught in college, that the left, the qualities of the left are that they're rational. Oh, yeah, they're rational, you know. If you've ever gotten into an argument with someone over whether the left has taken over education, 
This is the this is the, the Trump card right here. You no, just exactly. show them this. You say, tell me the left has not taken over higher education. Yeah, 100%. No, the, the rational left. You know, the uh, men can get pregnant left. They're the rational ones. The left is rational, they say. They're egalitarian, internationalist. Well, that's accurate. And then they say progressive, which means nothing. That's not a word that means anything, actually. What are you progressing towards is what matters. Whereas the right, they say, this is what's being taught to college students who don't know any better. The right is irrational, racist, nationalist, and retrogressive. And again, any, like, I just, I just feel like any person with real world experience, any person with just a head on their shoulders, if you were to show them something like this, they should and would just immediately go, you're full of crap, man. Because nobody goes, oh, yeah, I'm right wing because I, I hate rationality. I, I love irrationalness and I'm a racist, so I'm on the right. Nobody believes that. And anybody hearing this should understand this doesn't make any sense. Clearly, whoever wrote this is trying to manipulate me by lying to me. Cyber Week 2023, the biggest sale of the year, is now live. Store-wide free shipping on any order, double Patriot points, that's 10% off your next order, and up to 60% off on best-selling products, and X2, sold out for more than a year. That is the game-changing element in your body that counters the fluoride, everything. Nobody else has got it. Limited supply, X2, is discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we've got sales right here, as much as 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com. We've got Brain Force Plus, the incredible nootropic, 60% off. Brain Force Ultra, fast acting, 60% off. Real Red Pill Plus, green fiber capsules, down out sleep support, 50% off. Vaso Beats, finally back in stock, 40% off. Bodies about to sell out, 40% off. The list goes on and on. And get a copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists and Launch the Next Great Renaissance, all at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just say... I've said since the beginning of the conflict in Israel that there's something weird that happens when Israel comes into the conversation. Where suddenly, and this is why it's so frustrating to me, suddenly the right wing becomes all of the terrible things that the left say, says they are. It's very weird how it happens. I guess the left wing does too because obviously support for Israel is a across the divide thing. In fact, there was a vote yesterday in Congress to equate anti-Semitism to anti-Zionism or vice versa. Two people did not vote yes. Thomas Massey is the only one that voted no, and Rashida Tlaib just didn't vote. Everybody else voted in favor of this. So obviously this is a cross-platform thing, but I was just thinking about this because, again, when you look at this slide from a college course, and they say the right is irrational, racist, nationalist, and retrogressive. It's like, 
not true for the vast majority of people on the right wing who are literally just like just want to not have their money stolen in the form of taxes just want to have their kids be able to walk to school safely be able to walk down their street even at night without being in fear of their lives from some random criminal who's been arrested nine times in the last year and has never been charged for anything. Like it's just simple, perfectly rational things to want to have in a first world nation in the 21st century. So this, this description of right-wingers as, as irrational, racist, retrogressive doesn't make any sense until Israel comes into play. And then it's like, well, we have to kill the brown people because God wants Jesus to come back from this promise 6,000 years ago. And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> no, what? what, no, no, stop it, please, for the love of God, stop it. Stop being the things that they say you are when you're not in any other circumstance. Again, nobody, like you can go to the most right-wing rallies or anything. You hear the same stuff you hear at InfoWars. I remember this, the first Proud Boys rally I went to in Portland, Oregon, because we're meeting beforehand. And like, you know, it's a bunch of good old boys. It's like lots of dudes smoking Marlboro Reds with tattoos and trucker hats. And it's like pretty, pretty rough crowd we're dealing with here. And certainly from the stereotype, you would think that what you'd hear is just like, we got to keep we got to keep these black people out of power, you know, just something like horrible and, and, and vicious. But instead, it's literally just like Infowars, even like Daily Wire talking points where they're just like, man, we just want everybody to be for every race, color and creed. I don't care who you are. You're American. You're my brother. Like that's that's the real Republican. That's the real conservative. That's the real American who actually legitimately and strongly believes in the value of every human soul the value, the, the responsibility that you have as a citizen of America to uphold our sacred values, that's what real republicanism is about, real conservatism is about. And yet then it comes to Israel and, and it all just gets thrown out the window. And it's like, yeah, bomb the mud people. We don't care. And it's crazy. I also just want to point out as a, as a final note to this Chicago nonsense Chicago's uh, mayor, what he's talking about there was this program to use churches now to house the migrants. Mayor Brandon Johnson's controversial plan to house migrants in Chicago is forging ahead with the construction of a government-run tent encampments in Brighton Park, despite incomplete uh, environmental assessment and stirring debate among the city's residents and leadership. So hard to really overemphasize what a crazy thing is going on here. Our government, our government is building colonies for foreigners on our land, in our cities, in our parks. They are constructing and housing and, and then populating colonies in our country of foreigners who haven't even applied legally to get here. Completely crazy, completely and utterly insane that this is happening. But there it is. And of course, his response to claim that, I guess, to criticize this absolutely unprecedented in world history madness that's going on. Uh, maybe it's not, but I, I can't think of another example. I cannot think of another example 
where this has ever happened anywhere. I guess I'd have to really think about it, but I guess it, I guess it kind of happened in Palestine, actually. Actually, now that I mention it. It did kind of happen there, but in a different way. But like you literally can't imagine in history this ever taking place anywhere else. Colonization used to be really strong countries going into weaker ones and just setting up shop there. The weaker ones just had to deal with it because they couldn't stop them. But you never had powerful states. You never saw... A weak state go to a powerful state and the powerful state building colonies for the weaker state in their own border. It's, ins- it's, it's insane this is happening. It benefits absolutely nobody except for the people who benefit from lowered wages and, co- and government contracts and the people who despise America and want to see it destroyed or despise white people and want to see the white people become a minority in this country. I mean, I guess it benefits the most hateful, destructive people in the world, but doesn't benefit their neighbors, doesn't benefit the people who live around this park at all, even a little bit. And so in order to not have to actually make that argument, not have to actually contend with that reality, Mayor Johnson has taken the the well-established and effective tactic amongst the Democrats of saying, oppose this and you're a confederate. Oppose this insane and unprecedented and hugely damaging and very unpopular policy. And that means that you are a racist that just hates me because I'm black. That's what he's saying there. Apparently this works. And he says this is far right. He basically says if you disagree with me here, you are a domestic terrorist that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. The reality is that everybody opposing him is a Democrat And most of them are minorities. But here's a story about what they're actually doing. Why are migrants coming to Chicago? Churches to house arrivals. Brighton Park migrant base camp construction could start Wednesday. In less than an hour on Tuesday morning, two buses filled with migrants arrived in Chicago from Texas, carrying just some of the more more than 300 people expected that day. And, of course, there have been tens of thousands over the last several years as millions upon millions of foreigners have been allowed to pour into our country and have been shipped to the people that voted to be sanctuary cities. This is your fault. You asked for this. Now you're getting it. Shut up. Uh, migrant crisis. Crews begin construction of uh, Brighton Park migrant camp. Don't you love that? Like this is a crisis as they're building the infrastructure to continue and exacerbate the crisis. But who's against this? Well, Chicago's progressive coalition is struggling struggling with migration. In the Windy City, for the past few weeks, Chicago City Council has been tearing itself apart over a proposal to hold a referendum on whether or not to appeal the executive order from 1985, which declared the place a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants. Some 20,000 or so migrants bust in from Texas over the last year have stretched the city's finance, uh, financial capabilities, and the people that are opposing this are uh, progressives who run that city and are responsible for all of their policies, despite the fact that they blame the Confederates. Anger, frustration boil over at hearing on migrant crisis as breach deepens between city and state. Members of the Chicago City Council unleashed their anger and frustration Friday at a five-hour committee hearing that focused on City Hall, spotlighting the escalating humanitarian crisis posed by the thousands of migrants sent to Chicago. More than 15,000 people have, joined, have uh, moved to Chicago in the last 13 months from overseas and different countries. And, of course, the main people protesting this 
are, as reported here from CBS Austin, black residents of Chicago who slammed the city over the $51 million in migrant care demanding reparations. So, I mean, this is just, I guess it's just American politics, right? They bring in millions of foreigners. They build them a colony in your house. The black people that live in the neighborhood go, hey, this is messed up. And the black mayor says, you hate black people. If you oppose this, you must be a, a confederate who never. Ex- <laughs> I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Supplements are the fastest growing industry in the world for the last decade, year after year, because they really work. The compounds in nature are just incredible. And InfoWars has some of the very best supplements there are. Can you find other great ones out there? Absolutely. But ours are amongst the very best, and they fund the InfoWar. So that makes it a 360 win. We have store-wide free shipping for Cyber Week, only for a few more days. We have double Patriot points, and we have so many great products back in stock, like X2 and DNA Force Plus and VasoBeats and Ultra 12. Some of the products are up to 60% off, like Brain Force Plus and Brain Force Ultra. The best deals are 60% off, right down to 25% off, but these are amazing products and they fund the InfoWar. So get the best products out there and keep InfoWars at the tip of the spear in the fight at InfoWarsStore.com. Free shipping right now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to open up the phone lines for your calls in the next hour. Uh, Still a lot of stories to cover, but I'm going to zoom out here. We're going to talk about what's going on globally at a more bird's eye view level. Looking both into the distant past and distant future. Before I do that, I do want to remind you. Tell you if you haven't heard, folks, Turbo Force Plus is back in stock and 25% off. Plus, you're getting free shipping and double Patriot points as you are on all products at InfoWarsStore.com during this Cyber Week massive sales event. Biggest sale of the year, up to 60% off, plus double Patriot points and free shipping on all on just about all products on the site. I've said it before, take advantage of the free shipping to get some of the bigger ticket items like the water filters and air filters that can be quite sizable and be expensive to ship. Well, we'll cover that cost if you go to InfoWarsStore.com and make the purchase in the next week during Cyber Week. And, of course, Turbo Force Plus, incredibly powerful energy drink mix, more power, more strength, and more energy from Turbo Force Plus. Vitamin C, thiamine, niacin, vitamin B6, L-taurine, beta-alanine, 
it's it's got all of the power and even more than in, uh, of your average energy drink, your top of the line energy drink, I should say. But it's all natural products, very powerful, and it doesn't have the crash that you can expect from something loaded down with sugar and caffeine. Instead, TurboForce uses a powerful combination of herbs and vitamins and minerals to give you a boost that can last all day. I love TurboForce Plus, and I'm very glad it's back in stock and 25% off. So stock up now. I mean, this stuff sells out at full price, like hotcakes. So stock up now and make sure to secure your TurboForce Plus today during the Cyber Week sale at InfoWarsStore.com. Now I want to play a video from one of our favorite little goblins. Clip number 13 is World Economic Forum lead advisor Yuval Noah Harari. I'd say he's not, he's not a, he's the spiritual advice. He's the spiritual guru. He is the messenger to launder the really inhuman and despotic designs of the World Economic Forum to the wider public so that they feel like they're engaged in some sort of scientific progress when in reality they are forging the chains of their own slavery. He's a sophisticated character. And he says in 200 years or less, there won't be any more homo sapiens on earth. What could that possibly mean? Let's listen and discuss the view of this mindset all the way back in the 1940s. First, here's Yuval Noah Harari. They say 200 years, uh, to give a, a conservative estimate, there won't be Homo sapiens on, on planet Earth. 200 years? 200 years, and I think this is a conservative estimate. Wow. Uh, I, maybe even 100 years. It's not that we'll destroy ourselves in some calamity. Much more likely, we will use advanced technology biotechnology, nanotechnology, direct brain-computer interfaces to upgrade Homo sapiens into different kinds of beings, beings which are different from us much more than we are different from Neanderthals, beings which will have different bodies, different minds, different brains. I mean, the big products of the coming century will not be shoes or clothes or cars or weapons. The big products of the 21st century are going to be bodies and minds. So I think we are heading to, towards the upgrading of Homo sapiens into gods. Well, there it is. Spells it out right there for you. We will be as gods. I mean, that might have been word for word what the serpent told Eve. We don't know. We're not sure about the exact, you know, words being used there. But this is what transhumanism means. This is what anti-humanism means. To these people, humanity It's just a stepping stone to their own aggrandizement into the place of gods. I've said a million times, the reason why they are so anti-nature, why they're so anti-human, why they're so anti-God, is because they are at war with God in an attempt to usurp him, okay? And this is the ultimate goal of the conspiracy, the global conspiracy, is to establish a system in which a very few select number of people will receive the now very possible biological and technological upgrades to have infinite life, inhuman intelligence, 
infinite strength. I mean, when you're talking about gene editing and chip implants and virtual reality, I mean, you're talking about power beyond humans that does approach a sort of uh, sort of petulant view of God. But you can't have everybody enjoy that. Not every human can have this. I mean, I was talking about this with the War Room crew yesterday about AI and how they AI and migration and, and how essentially what they're trying to set up, in my view, is like a laundry cycle where they bring people from the third world into the first world. The first world is constantly creating an overabundance of, of food and, and, you know, health, uh, uh, healthcare and, and medicine and everything. They export that to the third world. So the third world population will be extremely high, but it'll be people living in desperate poverty and uh, despair. And then they'll get a chance to move to the first world. And once they move to the first world through chemical poisoning and indoctrination and all the other various methods by which they destroy your humanity, those people will be worn down. And by the next generation or two or three generations on, the descendants of the third worlders will be fully first world in that they will be transgender and sterilized and they'll hate humanity and then they'll die off only to be replaced by a new generation of migrants. And you keep this going because what they really don't want is anybody to oppose them, especially anybody to oppose them in strength, in numbers, with intelligence and resources. So if you just have people that are constantly being reset to zero, constantly being uh, brought in as small pockets of population. So they never actually have the cultural or uh, population, you know, cultural impetus or population numbers to pose a threat, to form a group in opposition to what the leadership is doing. That's what they want. They want this just endless cycle of, of repetition. And I can't remember who I was talking to on the crew. Uh, maybe Danny was saying, um, you know, but these people, why would they want, you know, nothing will work once, you know, if you just have a, a bunch of, people that you, you know, you purposely keep living in like huts and, and barely subsisting on handouts. You can't have, you can't bring those people into the first world and have everything function normally. We, we know this and we're seeing the evidence of it with all the uh, near misses at, at airports and things like that. These complicated systems break down if you don't have quality people who are hired on merit to run them unless you have AI. And that's the importance of AI is that once they get AI, the humans that they now need to do the menial tasks that our betters, the gods, don't want to do, those will just be replaced by robots or AI, and then they'll be done with the inconvenience of humanity, you know, having a say in anything. But all this is to say that the ideas that Yuval Noah Harari is expressing are clearly not new. In fact, they may very well be the oldest ideas in the history of man, older than the pyramids, Older than anything, especially if you have a religious view and you take the Garden of Eden to be some either metaphorical or metaphorical or just legitimate history of the world. Just about the first idea ever expressed is if you follow the devil, you'll be a god. So, I mean, the idea he's expressing is not new by any means, but even the techniques of manipulating and controlling and designing and advancing humanity through technology is not new. The technology that we have now is bringing this view, this goal into the realm of possibility in a way that has never been done before. But I want to read a couple excerpts from a book written in the 1940s, written in 1943 during the heights of World War II 
by C.S. Lewis. It's a short book, and if you haven't read it, you should. And I've highlighted some things from this chapter. Really, I should read the whole thing. The Abolition of Man. The Abolition of Man by C.S. Lewis, written 80 years ago, says this. Man's conquest of nature is an expression often used to describe the progress of applied science. So let us consider three typical examples, the airplane, the wireless, and the contraceptive. In a civilized community, in peacetime, anyone can pay for them and use these things. But it cannot strictly be said that when he does, he is exercising his own proper or individual power over nature. If I pay you to carry me, I'm not therefore myself a strong man. Any or all of these things I've mentioned can be withheld by some men, uh, from some men by other men, by those who sell or those who allow the sale or those who are the sources of production or those who make the goods. What we call man's power is in reality a power possessed by some men which they may or may not allow other men to profit by. And we'll continue on the other side, talk about where this conspiracy is really headed. Normally, Christmas is our biggest sell of the year. But because of supply chain breakdowns and other issues, this is our biggest sale because finally almost all of our best-selling products are finally back in stock, including sold out for more than a year, X2, the only true nascent iodine out there is finally back. What it does for your immune system, your body, all your cells is miraculous. It's discounted at InfoWarsTore.com. Double Patriot points, free shipping, biggest sale hands down of 2023. I'm sure Christmas will have a big sale, but we'll be sold out of most of this. So Christmas has come early. Black Friday's come early. And it funds the InfoWar. Get X2. Get VasoBeats back in stock. Get all the other great products at InfoWarsTore.com right now. But again, our fan favorite, my favorite, is X2. Sold out for over a year. Could be our last run if we're shut down. Get it while you can. X2, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com.